0: May 18th, 2012. VGN Radio presents Kevin's Oblast Radio with your host, Kevin Baird. Hello, welcome back. So I had recently put up a new Oblast Facebook page. I'm sure if you go to Facebook and you search on the word Oblast, you'd be able to find it. It is actually um, a page... You can go to... I think if you go to facebook.com forward slash pages and then type Oblast Radio as one word. Nope, that doesn't work. See that? Maybe you don't have to put pages in there. Let me see if I can get rid of that. Yeah, okay. So just go to facebook.com forward slash Oblast Radio and then it works. Had to try it there while I was doing the show. Why not? So, um... On there though, besides there just being a page, there is a box that you'll see on the right hand side. has the gray Oblast Radio logo and it says listen here and if you click on that, that actually opens up a list of all of the old Oblasts that we've done and you'll be able to listen just by clicking on any of them and listen to them in your browser at any time. I added the same thing to the Video Game News Radio page on Facebook. There is one in case you don't know and uh, you can go there and listen to all the old stuff. Now I've had some requests from people about Midwest Wasteland and they want to get uh, the Midwest Wasteland shows that um, are missing and uh, put them up on to the main VGN feed. I've um, been kicking that idea around. Basically, the, you know, I can definitely do it. It's just a matter of finding some time to sit down and kind of go through them because there's actually some Midwest Wastelands that are on the original VGN feed. Uh, If you ever want to find them uh, easily, if you go to vgn.libsyn, that's l-i-b-s-y-n.com, if you go to that website that's run by Libsyn, there's a uh, menu option on the left-hand side for Midwest Wasteland. And there's about maybe a dozen Midwest Wasteland's on there from the from the early onset of that show. Uh, that's where we stored them. So there's a lot of classic episodes there that you can listen to. And then the, um, the newer ones, of course, are on there as well uh, that we've recorded recently. But in the middle, you know, when we had Midwest Wasteland on its own separate RSS feed, those shows are not currently available. At some point, I will start putting them up you know, probably just relaunch them as a new episode type of thing and um, release them slowly, bit by bit, so everybody gets access to them. Um, Yeah, so, what's been going on? I wanted to just do a little show about the um, modern American medical system that I've been going through recently. What happened to me was, I'm not, well, to be honest, I'm not really sure yet. And maybe this will be one of a two-part O'Blast episode about what the hell happened to Kevin. So, like, way back during Cinema Wasteland that happened uh, near the bottom of April, the month of April, uh, they had... Or actually... Is that right? Or is it the bottom of March? Maybe maybe it's the bottom... No, it's like the bottom of April. I don't remember. Something like that. And... uh, Anyway, I had gone out to the... um, I think it was at the, at the end of March. I, and the the plan was, okay, I was going to do my yard work and then I would go to Cinema Wasteland. And, uh, you know, yard work, it was basically the first main yard work of the year. It was the first nice weekend. And I had basically uh, gotten some mulch for the yard. And if you've never bought mulch, if you're not a homeowner, you don't do this sort of stuff, mulch comes in these like 40 pound bags. Okay. They're just bags. And, you know, you just go out and you just pour the mulch out onto the ground. Uh, and you spread it out. And that just helps to get take care of weeds and things like that. So, you know, I, I, I moved around like four bags. And it's not very much. You know, not, it's not that heavy. I mean, I'm a big guy. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a big dude. So a 40-pound bag is not a big deal for me. And uh, I didn't feel bad or nothing, you know. So then I um, went over and I got the lawnmower out. And I mowed my lawn and it takes about an hour and a half to mow my lawn. I got about maybe a, a quarter acre of property, maybe almost a half acre. It, it depends because the house is on it, you know, so I got to like subtract the house and, you know, I, got, I have a very large deck. But the problem is, is that I have a lot of like turns and twists and hills and things that trees and it makes the whole thing take about an hour and a half. And so I had mowed the lawn and I figured I would be probably pretty sore the next day just because I hadn't done it all winter. And so, you know, I put the lawnmower away, I um, I sat down for a little while, and I felt a little stiff in my back, and I said, well, you know, I'll just, you know, this is probably just normal back pain. Everybody's had normal back pain before, you know, you get pe- pain in your lower back when you do something that you probably shouldn't have done, and uh, you know, it's sore, and it's stiff, and it's uncomfortable, but eventually goes away, so... I was like, all right, you know. So I went to Cinema Wasteland and, uh, you know, kind of hung out in my brother's uh, hotel room there with, uh, it's kind of a party going on, a bunch of people. And I was there for about, you know, maybe in total of about an hour as I had tried to move from, like, I had originally sat at the end of the bed that was there. And then when some of the people had left, I sat trying to brace my back against the backboard. But sitting on the bed, that, you know, it's sort of soft and, you know, the back, my square of my back is sore. And I was like, you know, just really uncomfortable. Just really couldn't sort of sit up and uh, without feeling a lot of pain in my lower back. So I told, you know, I gave my beer to one of my friends and I left my the food that I brought there and everything. And I basically just got in my car and drove off after only being sitting in my waistline for an hour. And I mean, I went home and, uh, you know, I, I took a hot bath and then I, um, I tried to use the heating pad on it and everything and... um that seemed to help a little bit, but, you know, maybe probably ice would have been better than putting a heating pad. I mean, it was probably, you know, in flames, so it probably ice would have made more sense. But technically, you know, they tell you you can use either, but probably ice would have been better. So, anyhow, you know, I had this back pain for about a week, and um, it was uncomfortable, but I was... Um, Mostly just sore in, you know, trying to sleep, you know, and it wasn't anything too bad, you know, just sort of, uh, you know, back pain. It's just back pain. So then what happened was that um, some of the pain had moved into my my leg, into my thigh, and it, it was hurting there. And it no longer hurt in the square of my back, but it was in my leg. And um, and then it kind of moved down my leg and into my calf. And then it kind of set up into my foot. So it was really weird because the pain just basically moved. It was in the square of my back. And then it moved down to my leg. And then it moved to my calf. And then it moved into my foot. And I was like, you know, this sucks. I mean, because my it was really painful. It basically felt, felt like somebody hit my foot with a baseball bat. And it's just the after. Like, you know, just like if somebody took a full baseball bat, baseball bat swing and hit you you know that pain that you would feel probably because i doubt you have actually had that happen to you but if you have you probably know what i'm talking about that immediate pain that feels like really bad that was like that all the time coming out of my foot whenever i stood up and tried to walk or, or if i tried to lay down so obviously there was something wrong with my back and you know i uh i figured you know people were saying well it's probably sciatic and I'm like, I wasn't quite sure what the hell sciatica actually was or anything like that. Basically, what it is is that um, there's these big nerves that come out of the out of the uh, base of your spine. And they go down both of your legs. And they're basically just the extension of your spinal cord. And um, one of the nerves gets impinged by something pressing on it. In most cases, this happens because the you have... Um, herniated or bulged a disc between your vertebrae. All your vertebrae have discs in between them that cushion them. And they're, they're filled with sort of like a jelly type substance. And if they get too much pressure or something, you can, uh, you can squeeze them. And then they, uh, they can, I, I wouldn't say they pop, but they bulge. And the nerve in, in the spine is right there and it presses against that nerve really hard. And that's where all the pain comes from. But not only that, because this disc is, um, uh, it has proteins in it that actually, um, the nerve ending reacts to and feels them as pain. So you have sort of a double whammy there. You get just the pressure from the disc pushing on the nerve and then you get the, um, uh, the pain, the extra pain for the proteins now, the more your nerve is impinged this way uh the lower the pain actually is so the more bulge that's happening, the more pain um the lower it is so that's why it was in my foot basically i had the I had the worst of the worst type of situation pain in my foot um, so obviously I needed to go to the doctor, so I went to the doctor and uh I went in and, you know, and I was like uh well, let me just say. First, I called you know, the way the system works, the normal system is in the United States, in case you haven't lived here, okay, is that you basically have your main practitioner doctor that's supposed to be your doctor, okay? I've picked my particular practitioner uh, once every couple of years because the doctor that I always pick moves away or goes somewhere else or gets transferred or something. Um, this is probably because being a general practitioner is a relentless job that requires you to see a patient every 15 minutes and um, go one to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, and eventually doctors just get burned out. I'm sure they do. But anyway, my doctor, okay, because you hear this all the time that, you know, Americans, we have the greatest medical system. You don't have to wait to go see a doctor in this country. Well, that's true if you go to an emergency room. You go to an emergency room, you don't have to wait, I guess. I don't know, some emergency rooms probably you do. However, when I called just to get an appointment, remember, just to get an appointment to get looked at, okay, for my doctor. This is at the end of April, okay? They say to me, this is like two weeks before the end of April. They said, yeah, your doctor's not taking appointments, Uh, they don't have any free appointments until June. I mean, so seriously, so I couldn't see my doctor just a general practitioner. We're talking a specialist here. We're talking the regular doctor until June. It's a month and a half away, or maybe it might as well be two months, because he said sometime in June. And I was just like, all right, I cannot wait until June. And they're, they're like, Can you want to see somebody else? And I'm like, yes, obviously. Just whoever, you know, throw me somebody. So they set me up with this other doctor. And that was going to be like a week later. So, I'm in this, all this pain and stuff, I got all this pain, and I get to see the doctor in a week. Fine, whatever. I'm chewing on Tylenol and uh, just, you know, wasn't, let me just say that the pain wasn't like horrible beyond belief at this point. It was just, like I said before, throbbing pain, and mostly when I walked, Okay. And everything I read about it online said, well, you know, sciatica kind of goes away on its own. You got to rest and let it heal and do that sort of stuff. So that's what I've been doing, right? You know, rest and healing, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, all right, cool. Week goes by, I go see the doctor. She's like, oh, okay, well, uh, she does some, like, she pulls on my legs and lifts my legs and asks me which way it hurts, you know, and um, lifts and touches. And she goes, yeah, it's, this is probably sciatica. She's like, I'm going to give you a muscle relaxant that's going to help you sleep. She's like, I'm going to give you a prescription for some Percocet. You take that twice a day for breakthrough pain, the pain that's really bad. And then I'm going to get you some uh, Motrin 600s um, for the inflammation. And goodbye. Okay, So there's no follow-up, okay? There's no x-ray. There's no MRI scheduled. There's no, let's go see somebody. There's just, here's a bunch of drugs. Good luck. Well, I mean, I was happy at the moment. I mean, I didn't even know what to ask. I mean, because again, I had read online that these things just go away eventually. You know, and I don't even know. I'm not an expert on sciatic. I've never had this shit before. I have no idea. So I go and I'm like, whoa, I get some drugs. Cool. I never took Percocet before. It's probably going to fuck me up. You know, it's going to be funny. Um, I get these Motrin's going on and stuff like that. Well, as I started to take the medication, uh, the pain that I was dealing with just, you know, over the course of that um, the next week had, um, greatly intensified. And I was chewing on, um, you know, I was taking the, the Motrin's, uh, every six hours, which I was supposed to do. And the, uh, Percocets, which are an opiate narcotic, they call it a stage three narcotic. Um, it's a controlled substance. They can't give you renewals for those. You have to always get a fresh prescription for them and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, it says take two uh, or, you know, take a maximum of two a day. Well, I was taking them every six hours. I was taking them about four times a day. And it's not because they were a narcotic. It's because I was in a shitload of fucking pain. In fact, to be honest with you, I didn't get any sense of euphoria or or relaxation or anything from these things. I mean, I would never get addicted to Percocet. I've never been addicted to anything, but I would not get addicted to Percocet. It didn't do shit for me in that respect. What it, did, what it does do though, seriously, is it does block the pain. And from what I've read online, the reason that actually happens is because uh, you have you know, these pain receptors and um, what an opiate is, is basically a way to um, sort of block the pain. Um, it, it comes in and it just blocks the pain and for some people it makes them feel really good I didn't really get any kind of feeling like that I just got to, I was able to sleep but just barely the only way I was able to sleep is I have to curl my left leg up and press it against my chest my right leg is optional I could sit in a complete fetal position or I could extend my right leg often I would extend my right leg just so I could like sort of stretch out and I'd have to be like laying kind of halfway on my stomach this sort of this stops the pain Enough That I could sleep And when I mean enough It's more like just a throbbing Okay Because other than that It's like a jackhammer Just smashing Into my fucking foot Like over and over again Excuse my French So This goes on About a week And people are asking me They're like Well did you call the doctor Did you Are they going to do anything else for you Are you And I'm like I don't know I guess not I mean I guess I should call I don't know I said I got to do something Because I'm almost out of Percocets. So like I went through the Percocets, you know, they gave me like enough to last a month, but I went through them in about 15 days or something because I was doubling up the prescription. And um, I said, all right, well, I'm going to have to call the doctor and uh, figure this out. Now, the doctor had also told me to go to physical therapy. And I had gone to physical therapy. And the girl at the physical therapy desk, she was very nice. You know, she was, but she was like, you're too acute. She was like, you are in way too much pain. I was like, I know I am. <laughs> no kidding. I, I am totally in a lot of pain. She's like, you can't really do physical therapy if you're in this much pain. She's like, did they give you a Medrol pack? And I was like, no. And I was trying to remember it. I was like, Medrol, Medrol pack. But I was on freaking, you know, drugs. So I was like, I couldn't quite remember what she had told me. And uh, she's like... Um, She's like, yeah, you might want to ask them to give you a MedDraw pack or something. And she's like, and maybe switch off of the uh, ibuprofen maybe try taking Aleve and something. So I'm like, all right. Well, I'm in the same building. Physical therapy is in the same building where my doctor is. So now uh, I want to point out to you how bad my pain is, okay? Like walking from like the waiting room into the elevator, going up the elevator, one floor... And out the door, I had to immediately sit down. I would have sat down on the ground if I had to, but luckily there was chairs there. And I had to just sit down, and then I have to lean forward to take the stress off of that nerve or whatever's going on in my back so that my foot doesn't feel like it's being crushed by a freaking steamroller, because that's just what it feels like. It's incredible how bad it is. Otherwise, I mean, I could probably just stand there. I could stand and take the pain, but, like, I'll start sweating, and I'll probably, to be honest... I mean there's probably like a point where I'd pass out or something. I mean it's just it's ridiculous. I mean it's just a massive amount of pain. So I'm like, this really sucks. So I, I get to the front desk and I like I'm leaning, I'm hunched over the front desk and I'm talking to the lady and I said, Well, I just got done talking to the um the physical therapist and she said I need to take something for this. She said like a med pack. I don't know what the hell she said, I can't even remember what she said. Um but they're like, Okay, well we'll you know, we'll talk to her you know, she typed it all, she was really nice. She she typed it all on the computer and she said, We'll talk to you, and we'll you know, we'll give you a call. And I'm like, Okay, alright. So uh, whatever. So then I just managed to get out of the building and back into my car. And luckily driving is for some reason fine. Like I can like sit in my seat because I think my car seat's tall and it just kinda holds me up and it's like, you know, no problem sitting in the car. So I'm thinking, okay, they're gonna call me, and then like you know, a day goes by it was like Monday, and I didn't get a call or anything. So Tuesday comes. Tuesday morning comes, and I mean, I had another night of like almost no sleep. And I like went on to the um, the the, uh, the email system that they have because this is how like I normally renew my prescriptions and things like that. And I put in a request to get a renewal for my um, uh, Percocets because I was not I was running out. I only had a few left, and. Um, they uh so they called me you know and they, and they were like uh you know we have to interview you since you had a you know a request to get this this percocet Not it's like i don't want like a narcotic i mean i don't i don't i don't like narcotics um a long time ago i used to um like had i had a prescription for some a sleep aid i had a su- su- uh, prescription for a subscription i had a yeah pre- <laughs> it comes in the mail no i had a prescription for um Uh, uh, some sort of a sleep aid. I can't remember anymore. Which was great. It was the most magical pill in the world. It knocked me out. And people will tell you sometimes they'll be like, you don't get like a restful sleep on those things. Bullshit. I was amazed how restful uh, a sleep I had on them. It was fantastic. The only problem was, they were addictive. And so I told my doctor I said, I don't want to be on these things anymore. Because they're really great and I don't need to sleep that bad Give me something else And they gave me something else That they give to like Schizophrenics To make them go to sleep That's not addictive And that stuff Will knock you the hell out I call it the bear killer I still have a lot of those But um I don't know Anyway So So my point is I don't like to be on Anything that's addictive Because there's this You know Physical addiction Is a weird thing You know I've never been addicted To anything But some of these drugs They just Apparently will Make you addicted to them If you take them a long time So I just You know I wasn't into it Um but you know, I whatever the case, I'm in so much pain, and the day the, didn't call me back to tell me about this Medrol pack or whatever. So you know, the um they you know they called me and stuff, and I said, yeah, you know, uh, it you know the doctors, you know, should I see her and everything like that and stuff, and I said, okay, well, you know, we'll talk to her about it and uh, we'll give you a call back, and I'm like, okay, you know, whatever. Right. So like later in the day, I got a phone call. And they said, uh, okay, the doctor approved the, um, the prescription. Also, the doctor wants you to go get an MRI done, okay, figure out what's going on. And then uh, she said, don't, take, don't, don't go to physical therapy anymore. Uh, let's wait until you get a diagnosis, and then we'll, um, we'll see what happens from there. Great. Well, that was why I went to the doctor in the first place, just to point out, you know, not just to get a pile of drugs, but whatever. So I'm like, I, I drive down. To the I gotta she gotta pick the prescription up. They can't call it in or anything because it's a stage three narcotic. So I I go in, I go upstairs. <sighs> I'm in so much fucking pain. I have to sign this fucking book. You know they gave me this crazy prescription paper that you know you can't copy or photograph. It's got all kinds of shit on it to make it so nobody can fuck with it. Write down like seven thousand pills on it or something. Whatever. I take that. I drive it over to the pharmacy. Okay pharmacist gets it and he's like this is too soon you got you can't he's like you can't have this i'm like well why <laughs> you know and he's like well the last one they gave you he's like they they told you you know it's good until uh you should have enough pills until may 15th um so you know and i said yeah i said i talked to the doctor i mean the problem was is that i was taking them uh you know, it said twice a day I was taking them every six hours because, I mean, I'm just in constant pain. And, uh, you know, I, I talked to them. They interviewed me over the phone and stuff. And so, you know, and he's like, well, I'm going to have to call them and find out. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. Go ahead and, you know, call them, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm not going to wait a week and not have any kind of painkillers. I don't know. Call them. I've been trying to call them. This is what I'm getting, you know. So he calls them up. On, he calls and he talks to three different people to find out if it's okay for them to basically give me some more Percocet. And I I understand it. I get it. It's all about, you know, um, paying, you know, people getting addicted to these things and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, I have this completely legitimate uh, prescription. I mean, these, you know, it's not like you make this yourself. It's not like some scratch pad from the olden days. I mean, this thing's all pretty high tech from the clinic. And it's got all the prescription numbers and it's all computerized and all that sort of stuff. So it's not like I, you know, it's bullshitting the guy or something. But um, anyway, he talked to some people, and he was like, okay, he goes, yeah, that's cool. He says, they said the same thing that you told me, and i yeah, okay, no shit. So, you know, he's a nice guy, and he's like, he goes, yeah, that's weird. He goes, I, you know, given your situation, he's like, I, I would think that, you know, you ought to be on OxyContin. I'm thinking to myself, I don't want to be on freaking OxyContin. That's the, that's the crazy, that's the drug people get on, you know, they take that and Clonopin and whatever, and then they end up dead. I'm like, no way. But to be honest, if you don't know, because you, you you know you probably don't mess around with this stuff or you don't like follow it like that closely, um, Percocet and OxyContin are essentially the same thing. Uh, the big difference is in terms of the opiate is that um, OxyContin is like sort of time release. It's like four times the dose of a Percocet, but you only have to take one OxyContin for the whole day. Where with the Percocet, you basically it doesn't even last very long. It the, the, probably helps you for a few hours, you know, for four hours maybe, and then it's done. But the Percocet's mixed with Tylenol, so you get like three hundred twenty-five milligrams of Tylenol plus the Percocet, uh, where the oxycodone, whatever that's actually what it is, and the um, and the oxycotton, you know, which is also it's not it's, it's I don't know, oxymethadone or something like that, but it's basically the same thing. It's just more time release. So that's why the pharmacist said that. He's like, you should probably be on this one because then i would only be taking one tablet a day, and get through the day or whatever and stuff. But I don't know. That's the drug that gets everybody freaking hooked. So you know, I didn't say anything like, like oh, fuck you, dude. You know. But so anyway, he goes over and he's like, I'm gonna go ahead and go ahead and fill it now for you. And I'm like, all right, you know, cool. And so he um, he, he punches everything in his computer and he goes, oh, because your insurance says it's too soon. Yeah, you'll have to pick it up tomorrow Ugh! Well luckily I still had a pill So I was like that's cool I'll pick it up tomorrow and stuff He prepped it all and everything for me So I went back home You know and uh, Fucking drug addicts fucking everything up for everybody I tell you what So you know I uh, So I have you know I get the prescription filled and everything So I have to go to this MRI And I've never had an MRI done before But I'm not worried about the MRI I've had x-rays done and I've had a CAT scan done have You ever had a CAT scan it's kind of like an MRI. You put your head in a tube, and there's this like big donut-shaped thing, and it kind of moves around, and it's like scanning your head or whatever the heck you're getting scanned with, and um, you know it's it's cool. So uh, you know I've done all that before. So I go down to the MRI, and you know I've seen these things on TV. You know you lay on the bed, they slide you inside this thing, and it and it and they do their little pop uh, pop 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 tests and all this sort of stuff, and. And I'm like, I'm not nervous about it. I'm not. I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, you know. And they're like, Do you want to listen to music? You know, and that sort of thing. And I'm like, Yeah. You know. So they, they give you these headphones to put on, and they, I lay down. My back's hurting. I can't lay down. You know, my back hurts. But I'm like, All right. I'm gonna. I can. I can sit through this. You know, for a little while and deal with the back pain. I got my legs up on the thing, and uh, you know, he slides me inside the machine, and he's like, Okay. Well, the first test is going to take about thirty seconds. Okay, and. Um, I am totally in this thing like I'm inside a torpedo tube, okay? My arms are smooshed against my body. This tube is really, this hole is really tight and um, my head's kind of hanging out of it but not really, like barely out the top and the rest of my body's inside the thing and uh, the thing is incredibly loud. Let me see if I can find an audio example of what mine sound like. So hang on, I'm going to find it right here. That's right next to your head, the whole time. It's just raging, okay? And it it changes. Like the first one is like kind of like that, and then the next one's like bong, 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 bong. Now, I'm not really claustrophobic. I'm not. You can put me in an elevator. You can um, probably like put me in handcuffs. You can make. uh, You can probably trap me in like a window or something. I don't know, okay? I'm I'm not really claustrophobic like that, uh, but the problem is when you tell me that I can't move, you're like, "Don't move." <sighs> I can't sit someplace and not move. I cannot do it. Even when I'm sleeping, I probably got to roll over or something every so often. Now I'm trying to behave, but my back hurts. Okay, and this thing's making this incredibly loud noise. And in my head, the wheels are turning. Because I start thinking about all of the ways that I could just like get torn apart by the giant magnet that's in front of me, or uh, that's all around me, and I'm really starting to—I um, wouldn't say I was starting to panic, but I was starting to sort of uh, sweat it—is the best way to say. And you know, the the guy's like, "Well, the next test is three minutes," and so he starts doing this next test, and it's like, bang, 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 bang. You can't even hear the music; it's so loud. And um, you know, he tells me. That the test is going to take 40 minutes to go through. 40 minutes. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way. There's no way I cannot just sit here, you know, for 40 minutes with my back screaming in pain, you know, while this machine's making all this racket. So I told him after that second test, I said, you know what, dude, I got to get out. He's like, okay, He's like, I, mean, I don't know what else I can do for your back. I'm like, nope, that's it, I'm done. They're going to have to like, give me drugs or something because there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And he's like, yeah, okay. He goes, maybe you can go to one of those open MRIs or something. You know? And I'm like, yeah, that, whatever, an open MRI. I'll do that, sure. So I, uh, I called my doctor and I said, you know, to talk to the people there, I said, I couldn't do the, I couldn't do the MRI. And uh, she said, listen, why don't you go talk to the, I'm going to set you up with the spine doctor and then let them deal with it. So I'm like, all right. So they set me up to see the spine doctor and while I was talking to him on the phone, that was May 31st, okay? And I'm like, all right, so I'm going to go see the spine doctor May 31st. But then I started thinking to myself, I said, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it to May 31st. I mean, I'm dying. I'm in so much pain. I'm fucking dying here. I'm not making it to May 31st. I got to get some answers for this crap. So I end up calling him back a few days later and I'm like, like I forget it. I can't do May 31st. You got to get me into something. Somewhere, Okay. And they're like, well, does it have to be in Strongsville? Which is like, you know, near where I live. And I was like, no. I said, it can't be in Maine, but it's got to be someplace, you know, close by or something. And she's like, well, how about Lutheran? Lutheran's down in Cleveland. And I was like, yeah, all right, let's do that. So she's like, well, I'm going to set you up with um, the surgeon's assistant there and he'll diagnose you. And I'm like, all right, whatever. As long as you can like give me some medication or something, I don't care. That's fine. So... I go another week, you know, go out to this Lutheran hospital, I meet this guy, gives me a more thorough physical examination, has me get some x-rays, okay, which are kind of difficult to take, because standing, again, lots of pain, very hard to stand, and I had to stand for them, Um, but I tell you what, an x-ray took about five minutes, right, MRI, 45 minutes, x-ray, five minutes, but you know, I knew that I have to still get an I have to still get an MRI because you know X-rays don't show you tissues and stuff; they only show you really bones. So I'm like, "Well, this sucks." So I, um, you know, the doctor's like, "Yeah, he's like, because it's possibly a herniated disc in your." Um, he goes, your, "Your spine looks really good." He's like, "It looks really good right here. You've got a lot of gap in between each one of your vertebrae." He's like, "This one down here, which is like the lowest one." You know, there was still a gap there. He goes, but maybe that's the one that's, you know, maybe you've got a bulging or a herniated disc or something going on. He's like, the only way we're going to be able to tell is if you get an MRI. And I said, listen, I said, I have, if you're going to put me in an MRI, I said, I'm going to have to have an open MRI, and you're going to have to give me some drugs. I said, I need some Valium or something, because there's just no way I'm going to be able to sit there for 45 minutes and not be able to do anything. And I said, or some people told me that, like, I could take gabapentin for this. Um, I heard that that's pretty good. I've heard that uh, something about a med draw pack, you know, I got to get something else because I'm dying. I'm in so much pain. And he's like, well, he goes, you can definitely get yourself an open MRI. We can get, you know, one scheduled referred to you for one for that. He's like, "Um, I can get you the gabapentin. He goes, that sometimes works for people. And, uh, you know, we can get you on a med draw pack. So we'll get that. We can get that for you. He goes, I can't prescribe for you any of the narcotics. I can't do that. And what he was saying is, it wasn't some moral thing because we were at Lutheran Hospital. Oh. No, it was um, he was the doctor's assistant. So it's sort of like a um, uh, like a doctor in training. Sometimes there's nurse practitioners. I guess you got, could call this guy like a like a practitioner in, in the sense that he is not able to prescribe everything that a doctor is able to prescribe. Um, just the things that you know you would need for general health. So, you know, a lot of times in the United States now, you can go into like a drugstore, and they have a nurse on duty that's like a nurse practitioner and they can give you like the flu shot, they can give you stuff for like your cold or some, you know, some antibiotics and stuff, but they're not allowed to prescribe to you, you know, narcotics or heart medications or things that are like all hardcore. So, anyway, um... So that was a bit disappointing, but I knew that I had Ativan in my at my house um, that I used when I went flying before, um, and I know Ativan helps to calm my nerves. So I'm like, all right, that's fine. So we set up to go get an open MRI a week later, and uh, um, I went to, uh, you know, and I started taking the um, the Medrol pack, and I took one of the Gabapen. Now... The gabapentin is kind of a weird drug. It, nobody actually knows how it works exactly. You can look this up on the internet. Nobody quite knows. They thought they were building a designer chemical to do something, and then it ended up doing something else, and they're not quite sure what. Uh, but basically what it looks like is what it does, is it just sort of diffuses your, your nerves a little bit. It just sort of makes it so some of the communication from some of your nerves kind of uh, slows down or quits or something. And that eases nerve pain in my case. But it also can kind of make you a little bit cloudy. Like if you've ever had like one beer, like not like a bunch of beers, but like if you had one beer, so you're not quite as sharp as you were, that's what gabapentin does. It's just sort of like, you know, hmm, makes you a little bit more relaxed, a little bit better. It doesn't get rid of the pain completely or, you know, that great, but it works sort of in tandem with the other painkillers. And so it was a way of basically not having to take the Percocet um, and take something that wasn't addictive. So rock and roll to that. Um, and then I ended up taking the Medrol Pack. And the Medrol Pack is a steroid. You can only take it once a year. It comes in like 21 tablets. You take five the first day, four the next day, you know, etc. whatever that math works out, over a series of six days. And um, I started to take that, and wow, does that stuff work great. Now, it didn't get rid of all my pain, but it really took the pain scale down from like, Being at a like a screaming uh, pain down to something that's like completely manageable and tolerable. If I stand too long, I still ache, it still hurts um, because that nerve is still getting like pressed against. But all of the inflammation that was going on that's what the Medrol pack stop uh, does kills it, just stopped it, just stopped it cold. So it's like great. The only problem is you only get to take it for six days, and um, that totally blows because I only have a couple days left. But... Whatever I have the gabapentin and stuff, so I went to the open MRI, and I had taken an Advan when I woken up, and I was really nervous about it, and um, I had taken a uh, another one when I got in the door. I filled out the questionnaire, and I was pretty nervous, but at the same time I was feeling like, okay, right, I can do this. This is no big deal. They're gonna put me in um, legs first. My head's gonna be sticking out of the machine, and I'm gonna be okay. You know, no big deal. But again, the problem is, is that I'm in too much pain. I mean, you know, even with this stuff, laying on my back is really painful. And they had to like strap me in, like they had strapped this thing around my body. And I asked them, I said, "Do I? Do you really have to do that?" And she's like, "Well, it's necessary for the machine in order to see what it's doing." And I'm just like thinking to myself, "I can't sit here for 40 minutes. I just can't do it. I mean, it's just. I know it seems crazy, like it's like you know, just do it and stuff it out and stick it out and everything, but it's like." it's just incredibly incredibly difficult for me to do that i i don't know how else to explain it i mean you uh, you could take me to the hospital and they could be like you're going to get 20 shots right in the belly and i'd be like all right let's do it i'll just lift my shirt up and you can i just watch you stab me in the stomach with a shot that you know that bothers a lot of people it doesn't bother me you know some people don't like dogs i don't know but this sort of stuff doesn't bug me um but the uh this weird sort of get inside the George Foreman grill and I'm going to close the top on you and then it's going to make these noises and you just don't move don't move for 45 minutes and there's look just stare out the window you could just look out the window and don't move at all for 45 minutes I mean it's like I used to play mannequin when I was a kid and I think I only had the patience for it for a minute or two you know I just I can't do it so I was just like forget it I'm like I'm done and she's like, well, you know, the doctor's already tried sedation. I don't know what else you're going to do. You know, because they didn't want me to leave because it's like, you know, they, they get money and they get paid and stuff. And I'm just like, I know. I said, well, I don't know. I She's like, you can bring your friends. And they can be with you and stuff like that. I could just imagine my brother being there with me. Be like, stop being dumb. Just sit there. Don't move. Don't. Don't move, dummy. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to help. That's just going to make me laugh and then I'm not going to be able to, you know, I'm not going to be, I'm just going to move anyway. Then they're going to kick him out. Or one of his skull rings are going to get attached to the fucking MRI machine. Oh, you know, it's going to all be nose ring, freaking face bonded to the thing. So, anyway, I called up my doctor and I was like, look, look, dude, I I couldn't do it. Just like I told him I couldn't do it. I said, you need need to give me a volume or something, you know. And he's like, well, he goes, I got you scheduled to see the spine surgeon on June 5th. So, um, why don't you just go ahead and do that? And then he can get you an MRI with anesthesia, which the girl, the other one says, you know, they, if you give you one with anesthesia, that's going to be an all-day thing, you know. And I'm thinking, whatever, I don't care. I mean, seriously, I don't. I've had anesthesia before; it doesn't bother me at all. And uh, they get out of anesthesia is kind of fucked up. Sometimes you vomit, and there's like, you know, it sucks, and your throat's all dry because they shove an air tube down your throat and stuff like that. But I don't, I don't really care. I mean, it's it's kind of just like I would so much rather just like uh be unconscious for this stupid forty five minute thing because I won't be in pain, because I won't be freaking out and, and they can scam me as long as they want, you know, they can roll me around, you know, do whatever they want to me. I don't care. I'll just wake up and be a little bit sore. Maybe my butt hurts. I do not <laughs> But I'm just saying, like fine. you got to have to knock me out for this. It's stupid, I know, but I just, I cannot lay still for that amount of time. I mean, they do it, for, and, and the funny thing is, is they do the anesthesia mostly for children. They do it for adults, too, people like me, but they, are, they do it mostly for kids because kids can't st- sit still. And, you know, they're just like, yeah, and they're like, Billy, Billy, stop it, Billy, just lay still. And then they're like, alright, give him the drugs. And they knife the kid, the kid's flat, you know, and then they just scan them. And stuff like that. Now, let me tell you something. If that, if this sort of thing doesn't bother you, like if if being inside the George Foreman grill type of thing doesn't bother you, I would tell you, from my experience now, being in two MMR two MRIs, um, definitely without question, um, go to an open MRI. If you've got to get one done, go to the open MRI. First of all, they're much quieter. It was insanely different. I mean, I don't even understand why the old, crazy ones are so loud compared to the new ones. The new ones are so much better. You barely hear the things. They're just going, bloop, 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 bloop. And you're just like, yeah, this is nothing. You know, this is a breeze. I mean... I can't move, and there's all those other problems that are going on, but the actual machine itself is much better, and the experience is a lot better because, you know, most of your body is, like, not inside the machine, and even if you have to go in head first because you're getting a brain scan or something, you still have, like, um, all of the space around you and everything. Now, there's supposedly some other MRIs out there. Now, there's a chair one I've seen, which would have been cool. I could have totally sat still for 45 minutes in a chair watching TV like they showed. Unfortunately, that one's not available in my area. And, um, actually, I should just rephrase that. I have no idea if I'd be able to handle that either. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But uh, And then there's, um, there's what they call a wide bore, which is like basically a giant MRI machine, so that way it has like a big tunnel in it, so you feel much more comfortable. I don't think I feel much more comfortable. I, I really think I'd start to think I'm inside Stargate, and I'm going to go through it, and I'm going to end up in that crazy pyramid world where people will just kill me for, you know, my fluids or something, so not into it. So anyway, that's the plan. At this point, I feel like, you know, I can do most of the things I need to do. There's a couple of things that I'm, you know, I have friends and family that are helping me out with, which is essentially doing some of my yard work, like mowing my lawn. I can't do it because I can't walk that long. And I can't go grocery shopping because I can't walk that long. So, I mean, basically any shopping or like, you know, yard work or out, um, but I can walk you know, into a restaurant I can walk probably into somebody's house and sit down, I can, you know, go to work, I can drive my car, I went to the movies went to the drive-in, you know, that's cool works um, but I can't, um, I can't do anything else but at the same time I am kind of, you know like, I you know, I'm getting better the question is, is this just because of this med draw pack and once the med draw pack is over then, I don't know, so anyway, that's what's been going on I know it just took a long story, and it's not over yet, and I'll tell you why. First of all, I still have to see the spine surgeon, and he's going to probably tell me to get the anesthesia MRIs, so and that's going to be a really good story for part two. Secondly, the do- other doctor told me to go to physical therapy to get dry needle acupuncture done, which is actually some new form of physical therapy that's actually done around here um, that helps the muscles uh, loosen up. So I'm going to go get crazy-ass acupuncture done, <laughs> dry needle therapy, um, as well as whatever else they suggest. And i got to go back to physical therapy. Which I may do this Wednesday. If I still feel as good as I do now. Um, yeah. So that's some nonsense. And um, if the pain kicks back in and everything. Then the next radio show will show up even worse. At the moment. Just so you know. I don't really know what's wrong with me. All I know is I have this sciatica pain. And sciatica pain can be caused from. Um, you know. Like I said. The disc bulging in. Which is what everybody suspects it is. It could also be caused by the. The. Um, the muscle in your buttocks that the, that muscle actually presses against the nerve and um, there's actually a third one where like the narrowing of your, as you get older the um, spinal cord cavity narrows and that can actually cause pressure I don't know what the hell I did I just did the normal stuff, I turned 40 I mean I guess I turned 40 and then I did something and then that was it, my disc said up oh, 40, blowing out you know, and totally uh, screwed myself up, and they say hey you're supposed to get better just by you know, resting and doing everything and having good posture, and I have pretty good posture all the time. I mean, I'm just like everybody else. I slouch or lean back or lay sideways on the couch and all that other stuff. But I mean, for the most part, when I'm walking around and everything, I'm not sticking my ass out or um doing anything weird. So I, I really don't know. I don't know what it is. And I go to the gym and all that sort of stuff. So it's just an age thing or whatever. I don't know. You know, maybe when I was asleep, Brian came in the room and started punching me in the back really hard. I I have no no idea what happened. But that's it. That's the American medical system for you. I still haven't had a diagnosis after almost two months. And partially my fault. Because I couldn't handle the MRI. Um, but uh, yeah. So now I'm going to wait till June. June 5th. Going to go in and get it done. And then um, at that point. I mean actually he's just probably just going to be like. Well we're just going to give you an MRI. And then he's going to schedule me out for another week or two. And then I'll get that done. And and then I'll have to go back to him After another month I mean I don't know I don't know how long it's going to take I got a feeling though My whole summer is going to be blown I don't think I'll be putting my pool together this year Which is really sort of sad um, We've had some really great weather lately And I'm really not getting out to enjoy it It totally sucks for me um, But oh well I'll survive So um, Yeah I'm thinking about doing some interviews On the show again If you want to get interviewed for the show uh, Do a show for an interview It's helpful if you have a Sunday evening free um sometimes we can do Sunday during the day uh, because sometimes spill isn't recorded on Sundays, but a lot of times we record on Sundays for Spill. Uh so Sunday evenings are usually better. Uh sometime, you know, after 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we could uh get together and do an hour or so show if you haven't been interviewed already. Give me an email or send me an email to KBAI. RD, that's kbaird at vgn.us. So kbaird at vgn.us. And uh, just let me know that you are interested in being interviewed on the show and that you have a Sunday free. And if that's true, um, I'll send you an email back and we'll figure something out. Now, obviously, if I, for some reason, I mean, I don't think I will, but if for some reason I get like 10 responses to this, um, you know, some of you guys will just have to wait, you know, but I don't think I will. So, um, you know, feel free. If you feel like you want to tell your life story to the world or all the O'Blast listeners out there, because that's usually how the interview ses- ses- sessions go, um, you know, it's fine time, fine time to do it. And or we can talk about other things as well. Okay. Thanks for listening. And uh, be sure to check out the new Kevin's O'Blast Radio Facebook page. It's at uh, facebook.com forward slash O'Blast Radio. Leave any comments or, sh- you know, show ideas or things like that. And um, don't forget videogamenews.com. If you need an invite for that show, you can also email me and I'll get you one. Or just find me on Facebook and I'll send you an invitation to the Video Game News website as well. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Good night.